This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If I've done something to you, just tell me what I've done to you. I just don't like you no more. Have you been rowing? Have you been rowing? Have I been rowing? Well, you are rowing. It does look like we're rowing. You can't just stop being friends with a fella. He's dull, Siobhan. But he's always been dull. Maybe this whole thing has just been about getting you to stand up for yourself. How are you, fatty? Not so much your dog, is it? What did you come here for? I just came to kick your door and give you a slagging. Why aren't you talking to Parry no more? That wouldn't be a sin now, would it, Father? No, but it's not very nice either, is it? What I've decided to do is this. I have a set of shears at home, and each time you bother me, I'll take one of my fingers off with them. Starting from now. But shush like, Polly. You know, shush like. Yeah, I'd shush like. It's about one boring man leaving another man alone. One boring man. You're all fucking boring. Let's just call it quits. We won't call it quits. We'll call it the start. cinematography community is getting ready for camera image which begins saturday november 12th in poland during the 30th edition of the festival honorees include sam mendez who will accept the directing award and stephen burham who will be on hand to collect the lifetime achievement award joining us for today's podcast is cinematographer ben davis who lends martin mcdonough's the banjis of inishiran which will be screened during the festival the film is set in Ireland during 1923 and stars Brendan Gleeson as Colm and Colin Farrell as Porrick, a pair whose friendship is at an impasse. Davis's work also includes McDonough's Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. His credits include Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, and Eternals. Credits also include The Kingsman, Cry Macho, and the recent film My Policeman. I'm Carolyn Giardino. Welcome to the Hollywood Reporters Behind the Screen. Ben, welcome. Thanks for joining us before the festival begins. Thank you for having me. That's always such a great week to delve into cinematography. Are you looking forward to it? I am, yeah. I'm only going, sadly, for a short period, but um, I'm sort of, uh, I'm president of the of the jury on the Colorist Award uh, that we, they're giving this year. Um, 
Einstein presenting that award, I think on the Saturday or the Sunday. <laughs> and then I have to fly back for work commitments. But I'm trying to arrange it to stay on a bit longer, but we'll see. Well, let's talk about your film. Um, what did you think when you first read the script? When Martin sent the script, I almost don't need to read it to know I'm going to want to do it. Um, what are my first feelings? I was I was quite surprised by it because Martin's scripts, I always expect to be funny and kind of uh, that they have a certain poetic kind of rhythm to them. But I was surprised at how sad it was and how nuanced it was. I mean, pleasantly surprised. So I, I really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, it was like a when Martin sends a script, it's always a bit of a treat uh, when they... He, he, there's usually no precursor to it. He just rings me up and says, I've got a new script, I'll send it to you. And then I'll read it that day. But it's always a, lo- a good day. What was the visual style that you and Martin discussed when you started to plan the film? Yeah, that took a... You know, we spent... The film was made, or was certainly prepped, during the, the sort of... Probably one of the deepest points of COVID... Uh, the pandemic and um so we got to ireland uh to the mainland island and before we could go to the uh, the islands we wanted to shoot on and we had to quarantine for 10 days um on a in galway and uh we were kind of locked away in a small house together martin myself mark tilsley the designer and peter cohen our first ad so we really kind of dove in quite deep to the, you know, what we were trying to, well, first of all, what Martin was trying to say with the film, what he felt it should be, and then we kind of, as usually in these things, it was a collaborative process to sort of get to some sort of visual idea of what it was. Um, Martin came very prepared. He had storyboards for the entire movie. And they, they they were kind of our starting point in a world or in a way because just like the words of Martin, the storyboards were very much his voice. They had a certain rhythm to them and a certain style to them, which was very Martin's very unique in his voice. I'm not quite sure where I know Martin's a personal friend and he kind of but he has this you know, when he's you can tell, you know, if you know Martin's work, he has a very unique uh vision to bring to the table and um the storyboards were very much you know usually you get a storyboard you think it's a guideline to what you want to do but they were very much his voice and they were our kickoff point visually there was a lot of western imagery he was trying you know the film is built he was the film was built on a very simple premise of one day someone just and there's no there's no lead up to that so one day caught Colm just says to Porrig, I don't like you no more. And it's kind of a breakup, but, but, and then it builds on that premise, but it's very nuanced. Well, I thought the script was incredibly nuanced when I read it because you can, you can see many things that lie beneath the words in, in, in this particular film, I think. For me, I felt it was about, and Martin felt it was about conflict. It's about men and conflict and how men don't seem to be able to resolve conflict. I mean, I think it's quite significant that the the sort of 
the the you know the sort of the the female character in the film, or the or there's several female characters in the film, but right. she's Siobhan, the only, Siobhan is the only voice of reason in the, <laughs> and I think that kind of reflects the world we live in. Yeah, I think it's very poignant, you know, in where we are now in the world. The film reflects a lot of what's going on in around the world. Um, and he felt Martin felt it. He also, you know, he felt, you know, I want it to be a sad film. He said, I want it to be sad because, it, it, you know, it's a sad story. But he said, I also want it to be funny and I want it to be very beautiful. And that was kind of our kickoff point. And then the storyboards, like I say, they had a lot of imagery that was very much his voice. There's a lot of Western imagery in it, I thought. And, uh, uh, you know, they, they were very unique. Would you talk about the uh, the choices you made for uh, cameras and lenses? Yeah, um, it was pretty straightforward, that choice. I mean, I, originally Martin and I looked into and wanted to shoot on film. Um, but at, the more we sort of got into that and the, the, just the simple logistics of it, the more impossible that it sort of became in terms of where we were shooting and, and processing and shipping material out and not getting it back several till several days later and also I know the way knowing the way that Martin likes to work with his actors you know so for instance if you're in a very emotional scene or a very important scene Martin likes to keep the actors going and go let's go again reset let's go again let's go again keep the camera rolling and you know that would have you know, and get into a rhythm where all the processes, all the sort of fiddling with people's hair and costume and lighting, they all go away and you just get into the process of performance and character. And that becomes very hard with film because, you know, you you have to reload, you know. So 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 that was another reason. Um, and so what we did is we took a film camera with us originally and we shot, I shot quite a few of the scenic shots on film and then we looked at that and thought all right so what is the quality that this is giving us that we want to bring into the digital sphere so so we started off on uh, on that kickoff point and then we 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 eventually shot with a an ARRI Alexa LF and um with particular lens choices for various reasons but that that was our platform in the end um i previously interviewed the production designer who said that martin said that he didn't want it to feel dreary Yes, absolutely. He, he was very keen on that. He, well, I, I mean, particularly when you think of the subject matter. And I think there, there, there was a, you know, there, there could have been an option that this film would have become very oppressive. And I think there's enough of that in the subject matter. I, you know, I don't, for me, I don't think it's a depressing film at all. I think it has melancholia. I think it's incredibly funny. But, but yes, he, he was very keen that, he wanted I, the I, the island that Martin's written about in the film is is the island he spent his childhood in. You know, Martin, as a child, his mother and father lived just you know on the coast opposite the islands we were shooting on, and Martin spent a lot of his childhood on these islands, and so he had specific memory of those islands, and they weren't this um, they weren't travel depressing. They were full of life and colour. And the interesting thing is when we went on the tech scout to the islands it was <laughs> drizzly and rainy and gray but there's it's still the that island particularly in has this beauty to it which 
I was very aware of when I first got there and, and we wanted to capture that. Martin was very keen, you know, he, he was very keen that there would be, he had some John Hind postcards, which were quite interesting, you know, which he showed us, which were very saturated and kind of, and Mark and I looked at that and goes, what is he trying to say by showing us these as, a, as one of his reference points? But what he was trying to say is, I want you to capture the beauty of what I know is here. And when you live on that island, as we did for quite some time, I mean, I fell in love with with that coast of Ireland. I mean, I really did. Um, it's quite a, it's an incredible place. Um, you live on these islands and you're separated. There's a, there's a strangeness to how you feel when you're on it, because you are separated from the rest of the world by the Atlantic Ocean. And it's quite a wild ocean. So you really feel this sort of sense of, isolation but kind of beautiful isolation <laughs> if that makes sense mm -hmm. so do you want to talk a little bit about how you brought that feeling to the photography it's hard to describe that i mean i spent a lot of time you know going out to shoot the island just trying to explore that um every day off i would go and film the island i'd often get up at four or five in the morning and go to at the outer reaches of the island, which you, you have to reach by foot, and I take my camera with me, just trying to capture what I kind of felt. Um, so uh, we did a lot of that. I think also in, you know, all the departments came together to try and... Because it's, it's, it's sort of, in my world, it's a modern take on an old fable. It feels like an old fable, the film. And I, but it's a slightly modern take on it. You know, there's 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 colour in the costume that maybe wouldn't have been there, and also in the shots and the lighting. I just want Martin was very keen that it was that it was beautiful because it offsets what's going on. You know, there's because because that's what the, you 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 you're on this incredibly beautiful place, but you are isolated. There's a juxtaposition there, and we wanted to try and capture that. Uh, and Martin was very keen that we did that. You know, we were very lucky because we had a schedule built. So we had an entire crew cast and all the equipment on a small island and where no one was getting off. <laughs> so we could we could structure our shooting schedule around weather as well. So there were certain scenes we wanted to be in glorious weather. There, there were certain scenes we felt could be shot when it because we were going we knew we were going to get every type of you do every maybe all in one day every type of weather you know but we were very flexible so you know for instance Siobhan leaving the island at the end of the film we wanted that to have this beautiful early morning sunshine so we sat on it and waited till that opportunity was there and we chose that day you know you don't i mean that sounds if to the layman that sounds well, well, can't you do that on every film? Well, no, you, I think this is the first time I've ever really been able to explore that sort of flexibility because usually you don't, you only have your cast for certain days, you don't have the locations for those, so you don't have that flexibility. This is the first time I've really had that. And we had a very small crew, very low tech footprint, so we were very versatile. And I think that was. I, actually, that was uh, joyful. You actually used a couple of islands, correct? We used two islands. Two islands in the film. There's we used Inishmore, which and on Inishmore you have Porrick's house, which was a build. But I mean, one thing I should point out, particularly in 
to pay enormous credit to Mark Tildesley is that those locations you see, Porrick's House and the pub and the, the town, where they're, they're all built. Because when we went to the islands to recce, the, those locations don't exist, particularly where we wanted them. We wanted them on the Atlantic coast and no one lives on the Atlantic coast because it's brutal. People live on the leeward side of the island, but, but that's where the most spectacular views were. So we wanted our locations there. So we built those. And most people say, well, I have no idea they're a bill, which is obviously testimony to Mark. But yes, going back to that point, we, we shot on Inishmore, which was Porrig's house, a lot of the laneways and the walking shots, and then Akil Island, where we built the pub, and on Akil is Keen Beach, which was where Colm's house was. Now, Colm's house was um, a whaling cottage, and then you built a shell over it. Is that right? That's correct. I mean, that location is a is a point of great point of natural beauty. It's one of the most beautiful little cove bays I've ever seen. You know, and you approach it over a huge landscape, so you have to come at it from very high. And it's actually interesting enough. It's the most eastern point of Europe. <laughs> there, just over that hill, those cliffs there. Um, but it has a sad past because it was where they used to hunt. Um, whale sharks for oil, and I think they slaughtered quite a few of them there. By now, which it's, yeah, I just saw the pictures of that was quite upsetting, but um, but it has that past. I mean, they don't do it now, and they're obviously a protected species now, but um, but it was a it was a Martin had in, I mean, when we did three boards of boards, it was the same, he had a very specific vision in his head of every location and we would scout for ages till we found you know, we scouted loads of beaches and bays that looked just like that but they were all topographically slightly different and this one was exactly how martin saw it so it was one of the first ones we saw and when we went all the way up the donegal coast looking at various places but we ended up back at that place because that was exactly the picture martin had in his head Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I also wanted to talk about the house because you, you had to burn it <laughs> in the story. Tell us about shooting that sequence. Well, well, technically that wasn't so bad. I mean, I've done a lot of, fi- I think I've done a lot of fire work in my career. I don't even remember. In th- it's also in three billboards. In, in Martin's work, there's a lot of fire. <laughs> fire and animals is kind of featured quite heavily, but... Um, yeah, well, that was actually quite easy because we kind of clad it and then underneath that there was a fireproof coating, so we actually set fire to certain, to quite a few. You no, know, a lot of the fire you see in that is actually in camera because we just put a protective coating and then we put flame um, flame retardant material underneath it and then we had we put sort of petroleum gel on it and set fire to it and watched it burn and put it out before the whole house went up. But so it was pretty straightforward. There's some visual effects enhancement, but that wasn't that. Yeah, that was pretty straightforward. You know, the good thing about this film is I think 
I think 95% of what you see on Banshees, I think there's very little visual effects work. Right. What time of day did you choose? We shot, Martin actually, interestingly enough, so when we did three billboards, there was a couple of scenes, Martin had written a couple of scenes that were scripted as dusk or evening. And, and we went into those and there was a certain amount of trepidation, particularly on his part. Understandably so, because as a director, you know, you're going into a, as it, say you want to shoot it at dusk at Magic Hour. You're going to scene and you've got a page of dialogue or two pages of dialogue. And you're going to say, well, you've scripted it. It's scripted as that, so, you know, we need to shoot it at twilight. Well, and then you say, well, how long have I got to shoot? You say, well, you've got like half an hour to shoot. And there's obviously, as a director, you're thinking, well, hey, I've got to get my performances. I've got to get my, how am I going to do that? So there's always a certain amount of trepidation about that style of shooting. So, so we did it on three billboards and it's very... It's very successful on Three Billboards. There's a particular scene in Three Billboards where she's talking to the deer, which we shot at the end of the day, and she's talking about her daughter, and she says, you ain't her, you know. But it's a very beautiful scene, but it's very melancholic. There's a certain emotional feel about certain times of day. Like, for instance, when Colin buries Jenny and stuff, you know, that's a really emotional moment, and we shot that at twilight, you know, and it was really important. And So Martin actually... He obviously, you know, as he grows as a filmmaker, he, he wrote that in this script, it was all over the script, evening, dusk, dawn, was all over the script, which was fantastic, you know. Um, and for me, I, I mean, obviously, as, a, as any cinematographer loves shooting at those times of day. I mean, I learned a lot about that on Eternals from Chloe Zhao. Chloe Zhao was, uh, you know, working with Chloe. She is the queen or the master of... Um, Magic hour photography. She's so brave, you know, it's like, no, we're doing it. You know, and I, when I was shooting with her and we had like loads to do, we had all these actors in costume and I'd say, and she'd say, I want to shoot this at twilight. I'd say, well, Chloe, how can we do that? We've got all this to shoot. And she'd hold her nerve right to the, and I'd say, what about now? It looks great. No, she'd hold her nerve to the last minute. It was, she was quite extraordinary. So I learned a lot from her on Eternals about, what you can do and how you prep for that sort of photography. So I have to credit her for some of that, you know, and Martin, as I say, really embraced that on this particular film. He initially sets it on fire, was sort of during the day, and I remember it was a pretty miserable day, if I remember right, but that, that again, we knew the weather was going to be bad. Well, that's a good day to shoot that scene because it doesn't, it, it, in fact, sort of overbearing, there was like a drizzle and a grey sky is perfect for that scene. And then you go back to it later on and it's burning and that was all shot at twilight, yes. What was your favourite scene to shoot? And would you describe the lighting and your approach to well, it? Well, I'm going to say two things to that. I loved shooting the interior of the pub because it was a, it was a challenge for me lighting-wise because everything is lit by oil and candlelight and you have to mould and shape light so much in that. and I wanted to look like sort of renaissance Dutch renaissance painting or Dutch painting of the 17th century I wanted it to be like a sort of Rembrandt or Terbruggen kind of idea um, so that takes a lot a bit of work as a DP so you, you you put your practical light your oil lamp is hanging there then a lot of small lamps were hidden around the set sort of lighting actors faces and it, you know and, it, and it, it, it's complex and very rewarding. And so I really enjoyed the pub location. We had those dark green and black ceilings. And they were, they're like, they're like 
paintings of that period where you have these dark backgrounds and this directional light. So I really enjoyed that. They were challenging and rewarding because um, I like to be challenged now as a DP. At the, you know, I, I like it to be difficult now to accept. But um, but my favourite scene to shoot we actually shot on the last day. And it's up by the. It was. It was very emotional because you know, when you we were on that film for a long period of time, and it was a hard film to make with the elements and kind of where we were. It was just very hard. I was away from home for a long period of time, and then on the last day of shooting, we went up to the lake and we shot the scene with Barry Keegan and Kerry uh, up at the lake um, to towards the end of the film and she's looking out over the lake and he comes and stands next to her. It's a beautiful bit of dialogue. That, and that was my favourite scene to shoot. I was operating the camera on Barry and I, I just I just remember watching him and deliver that performance and he was so, he's so unusual as an actor. I mean, one of the great privileges I get now is from being on the set and looking for a camera and watching performance. You know, I've lit lots of scenes and lots of movies and big lighting setups, but, you know, I had a bit of poly bounce and a bit of negative, I think, but that was about it. But watching him and and, her, and Kerry on that particular scene, and it was at the end of the film, it was a very emotional end of the film, and watching him play that scene so beautifully. You know, I'd read it on the page and I thought this is a nice scene, but watching Barry, it was just, I think that was my favourite moment on the film and my favourite day in a way. Do you like to operate? I like, I like, well, yes, I like to operate. I don't always want to operate because there's a lot of management to do when you're making a film and you can't, sometimes you need, you can't be there. You need to be somewhere else and I need to be by the director and I need to be sort of organising other things. But I like to be close to the centre, even if I'm not operating, I like to be, I don't like to be removed from the centre watching a monitor, I like to be where the action is happening. I think that's really important. I think it kind of lost sight of that slightly with digital photography to an extent. Um, so I've tried to put myself back there. So I'll always try to be very close to what's going on. You've established this working relationship with Martin now. Um, how do the two of you like to work on set? <laughs> I'm trying to think what that would be. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. We discuss, there's a lot of discussion in the film, but, you know, uh, for me, a lot of it is I'm not particularly egotistical about lighting or camera. I want to know what the narrative is. So I'm very keen, like, what are we trying to say with this scene? What do, what are we trying to get from it? What's the the context? You know, what, what what's the nuance of it? What is it about? You know, that's what I'm kind of interested in. And so Martin and I will talk about that. We'll discuss it in the morning on the way, what he feels the scene about, what's the most important part of the scene, where he wants to start, where does he want to build the scene from. And I and so then I'll get on set, and it's a pretty straightforward working relationship. Martin leaves a lot of the visual side of it to me, but he also conducts a lot of that, and he loves working with the actors. It's, it's pretty traditional. I don't think there's anything different about the way Martin and I work than most director dp relationships you had a great cast um what was it like working with brendan and colin yeah what a pleasure um yeah they're terrific they're terrific i can't praise them highly enough it was a joy i think every member of the cast is kind of extraordinary i don't think there's a weak member among them I, um, 
Henry, it's interesting when you work on a crew with Martin, I know this about his films more than most, is that every day you go in, because the words are so great and because what's happening is so great and because you've got such a great cast, there's a tremendous sense of excitement amongst the crew from down to the guys driving the cars to the, you know, from, from all the way down to the people putting the slate on or making the tees up to all the way through the camera crew and the electricians up to myself. And there's a great sense of when you go in each day, everyone's looking at their sides. Oh, there's a sense of everyone's looking forward to, oh, we're doing this scene. We're doing this scene. We're going, oh, you know, which, which you don't, that's, that's quite rare where people are so enthused about the world. So that, I, I, I do love that about it. And working with those actors, yeah. Yeah, it was terrific. And also they're lovely people. No, we're, you remember, we're a small crew and a small right. team. <laughs> In an isolated and you don't area. Want to, you don't want life to become like the art. <laughs> you don't want it to be like the film we're making, where <laughs> we all don't like each other anymore. So, so you know, so that was really important. And we had a, a, a great, yeah, so they're, they're lovely people as well. And what's next on your plate? Uh, I just wrapped a film today, actually, about an hour ago. I just wrapped a, a, a lovely little film called Wicked Little Letters, um, directed by Thea Shurrock with um, Olivia Coleman, Jesse Buckley, Eileen Atkins, where there's Timothy Spall, this great sort of British cast. Um, so I really enjoyed that one as well. Uh, again, I get to watch great actors working, which is a joy. Um, and they were... Uh, it, was, it was interesting for me because it was... a. An almost an all-female cast on this. I've made a lot of guy kind of movies <laughs> with lots of guys in them. And this was an all-female cast with a female director. It was fantastic. Really, uh, I realised I really missed out on that in my career. It was really terrific. It was such a lovely atmosphere on set every day. Yeah, really, yeah. So I really enjoyed that, and I finished that today, yeah. Congratulations, and uh, and then you also have uh, have shot a number of um, Marvel films. Will you be returning to the MCU? Ah, uh, watch this space. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, watch this space. Yes, potentially. Yes, I have been talking to them. And uh, and then I just have to ask you one more question. I see Baby Yoda behind you. Uh, I'm in my kids' playroom. Oh, okay. There's a lot. There's a lot of Star Wars stuff up there. They, yeah, there was a big Star Wars period. And it's all up there, yeah. I had to, it's all Lego. I had to make it all, just so you know. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, let's look, look up there. There's R2-D2. And, yeah, yeah, there, there's a lot of that stuff. Yeah, yeah this is my kid's playroom. It's also, you know, I was, you know, I'm from that generation who went to see the first Star Wars at the cinema. So, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, People of my age <laughs> who are still playing like children with their Star Wars toys. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. It was great to talk with you again, and congratulations on the film. All right. Pleasure. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.